<sighs> the comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. I think I've realized that there's like a Venn diagram of um, if you have reindeer antlers on your car, like your nice SUV, there's a good chance you're a total cunt to Target employees. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, <laughs> I, I saw it yesterday. I did the Target drive up, you know, and get your order, which everyone else in Los Angeles had the same idea. Mm. And it has been uh, a system that I've liked and has worked. You're just like, boom, one and done. But it's the holidays mixed with a pandemic, mixed with, you know, a service they're providing so you can stay in your car. And it was rush hour in that parking lot mm. and i gotta say with the dressed as a reindeer you know in the wild those are weapons <laughs> and here we are in a pandemic yeah. there it's not cute and jelly anymore that is i think means i'll fucking cut you Welcome to Sidework Podcast, you guys. <laughs> I'm your host, Andrea Wallace. I'm your host, Brooke Van Poplin. And joining us today, we're so excited to have you with us, Natalie Jean, everybody. Why, hello. Hello, hello Natalie. Tis the goddamn season. It sounds like all of us are trying the best we can. Yeah, I'm trying something. I don't know if it's the best or the worst, but uh, I'm making a lot of effort in my home to make it I, look I'm really, it's, it's I'm doing what I can to be comfortable. I almost bought one of those um, fake little uh, fire fireplaces, you know, that are like LED and oh, electric. like yeah. the Amish. Oh, I thought you meant like the Amish ones that are like the Amish fashion and they produce heat in your home. Oh, no, no magic I, Amish fireplaces. I, Am I the only one? I don't know what Wait, that is. I was visited by a magic Amish man <laughs> who tried to sell me a fireplace. I don't know if I have a child. I owe him the child. I don't. And you guys, oh, this no. hasn't this is not no. familiar to you. No, and okay. I grew up in Pennsylvania, and I have never oh, been right. visited by an Amish riddled, riddled. Right? No, that is that is Quaker country, baby. Yeah, I wow. was I, I, actually on a trip to uh, to see my parents when I was still living in New York, and I was driving cross country to go to Michigan, and had to do a stopover in Pennsylvania. And one of those really jarring moments after you've been driving through the snow for eight hours, like white knuckling that steering wheel, you park, you want to take a load off, and you're like, "Where can I get a drink?" And they're like, "You can't get a drink. It's mm -mm. Pennsylvania." Mm -hmm. Or they're like, "Why not take a drink right off this cow's teat?" Like, you know, of milk, fresh milk. <laughs> <laughs> but there, you know, there's hardly any cows either. It sucks. Yeah, Pennsylvania, they um they do live by Quaker laws still mm -hmm. quite a bit. They just started serving alcohol on Sundays in my lifetime, like ten years ago, maybe. They you wow. couldn't get alcohol at all anywhere on a Sunday. I don't know. Yeah, it was it was really when I, I went down. I mean, it was like a Motel 6 or something. So I will go ahead and call them the, mat the maitre d', the, ho the I don't know. What do you call the hotel? Anyways, but I was the like, yeah, <laughs> where can I get a glass of wine around here? You know, like, is there a wine bar? And they were like, lady, do you know where you are? And like, they were like, <laughs> they might give you a glass of wine at the sports bar or something like that. I was like, what do you mean I can't buy wine? And Brooke went to bed sober for one of the first times in her life. <laughs> yeah, they probably looked at you like you were a witch. 
it, truly. I <laughs> know. Uh, it was it was nuts. So yeah, guys, don't but stop. But can't over. we all like don't we all wish that people looked at us more like we were witches, like on the regs? It's my goal every day. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. More respect. More respect, you know? <laughs> hey, listeners, do us a little uh favor this holiday. Please, um, right now or after this, if you think of it, subscribe to our podcast if you haven't already. Do that on Apple, iTunes, podcasts, whatever they fucking call it. Um, and definitely give us a five-star rating and write a review. It helps us, you know, stay on the charts. We've been doing really well. And the more help we get from you guys doing your part, the better. Uh, we also have merchandise. You can go to our Sidework Podcast Instagram at Sidework Podcast and uh, click on our little merch bubble that's down there and... Probably at this point, it's too late to get you stuff by the holidays, but we'll send it to you regardless. So check it out. T-shirts, posters, all that good stuff. And uh, Andrea, do you want to thank our newest Patreon members? I would love to thank our newest Patreon members. First of all, you guys, if you haven't already, please join our Patreon. Boy, oh boy, you can get access to some (laughs) really fun bonus footage from Brooke and I um, we're getting wacky we're getting weird but you gotta pay to see it that's how it Whoa. works <laughs> yeah C- color me intrigued right uh, but our newest Patreons we'd like to thank we've got Heather Haynes coming in hot uh, Cassie Newman Susan Carpenter Kaylee Johans and uh, Siva Stein also also joining our Patreon thank you to you guys so much uh, you can head on over to our Instagram click on that Patreon link and it'll show you all the really Really fun, hot, fun stuff going on over there. It's getting wild. <laughs> I think I'm turning into a Christmas troll. <laughs> Natalie, you probably know we are a service industry based podcast, and we've taken a wild spin into the world of retail today because. Truly, you are like our half siblings. You know, you are our brothers and sisters in arms. And I I wanted to ask before we get into like the topic of the day, do you have a waitressing bartending experience under your belt? I absolutely do not. Really? Oh, yeah. I would have been a nightmare. It's it's a fucking nightmare. And I mean, this is a high compliment. I absolutely pictured you as like a take no shit bartender. So it surprises me. I never, you know, there were times in life, my life where I did want to bartend and I, it's a tough thing to break into sometimes. So when I was getting gigs and like doing side jobs, I couldn't get a bar, like I, I didn't have the access to it. It's a hard to, hard job to get heavily and, sought after in the punk community. I'll tell uh, you. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. And I think I mean, too, like, you know, it's a full-time commitment. It's like, mm-hmm. you have to be like, this is you what have I have to get a following, especially it's if true. you're a super cool punk rock bartender. I was just thinking about that the other day, how like you as a bartender would have to create a following to like follow you from bar to bar to bar across the city. It's it's super intense. But I will also say that I feel the opposite where uh, Natalie, I feel like when I think about retail as someone who bartended and waited tables forever, me getting into retail terrified me as well. <laughs> like I was like, nope, no, 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 no. I'll just bring you alcohol. I won't sell you a shirt. Can't do it. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't say that uh, I was thrilled to work in retail. Right. But, uh, <laughs> I don't know why it, it intimidated me less for some reason. I don't know. Well, it makes sense because the thing is, they do actually provide training for you, whereas in restaurants, it's who do you know and can you lie your way into the job? And then we posted something on on the uh, on the Instagram this week that's just it's like this hilarious meme that's like after you score the fucking, you know, fancy service industry job, you know, and then you actually get the job and you're like, fuck, I don't know fuck about shit. I lied. And here we are. I don't know how to do (laughs) wine bottles unless they're screw tops. That that might actually be sort of why it, it intimidated me, even though I genuinely love chaos in my life and I <laughs> and it follows me no matter what I do. I think the structure of the retail job was more appealing to me because I already had thrown myself into so much chaos in my life all the time yes. that like to see a very like cut and dry kind of job felt more like I could handle it like my brain probably could not have handled being a waitress 
I, think I think a, I would add a meltdown. I think that's a really yeah. great way to put it is like if if you are a chaotic person, then just adding the inability to control anything on mm-hmm. on a really bad night in a restaurant just doesn't help anyone's brain space. Yeah. Yeah. And I think maybe too, you, we all get yelled at, but I think the fact that usually I was being yelled at in within my own box was somehow right, comforting. Totally. Like I had a little and I bet- protection. I bet there's something about like after that happens, you'd be like, I'm just going to go fold some fucking T-shirts perfectly and like get it out of my system. Like to have organization like physically in front of your face is got to be a good decompression. Yeah. Just do a couple clocks around the the store, you know, Mm -hmm. walking. just like adjust something here, like push something over there. Yeah. Andrea, Andrea, I just had like I was like, what if a job existed where I got to clock in and just roll silverware for the entire <laughs> restaurant the whole night. Like I'm just oh, a silverware yeah. bitch. Oh, I would do that the- in a second. Oh, yeah. Zen, just Zen washing over me. Just yeah. repeat. Imagine the music setup you would have your beverage, like within arms reach, yeah. like something, uh, some sort of like a lower back lumbar situation mm-hmm. happening for you. Yeah. And I'd, your- I'd be on mushrooms. I know because less responsibility to like you wouldn't have to you wouldn't have to compartmentalize yourself so much you could just enjoy being on mushrooms and folding and you might be better at folding you know it's Uh, like you'd be doing silverware coating that's what all you're doing yeah yep (laughs) oh god just somebody I'm 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 available if anyone needs that service I'll do it. Hit, (laughs) Hit me up. God that sounds like a fucking Xanax in a hot bath to me Relax. Should we let's, jump uh, into a few headlines? We, yeah, yeah. Let's, let's jump into some headlines. Let's do it. So, okay, we just saw this on Newsweek, and there is a video if you wanted to click on the link. But the uh, Natalie, the the description I put above it kind of says it all. Um, we got a shout out: a Denny's waitress Oof. in Franklin Park, Illinois, uh, basically just threw down her apron and said, "Fuck it." I quit after being confronted by two maskless white dudes who walked in immediately looking for a confrontation. Because when you walk in recording, you know you're doing some stupid nefarious shit on purpose. And basically they tried to cite that not being allowed entrance because they refused to wear a mask was discriminating against their religious freedom as protected by the 1964 Civil Rights Act. First of all, that's... (laughs) Incorrect Completely (laughs) Second of all It is a private establishment And any private establishment Also when it's mandated by the governor Across the board You don't don't get to play your little I'm a born again Christian roles and, And stir up chaos to get your way So she fucking lost it And I I want you to know I feel terrible that she had to even fucking deal with this, but good on her to just be like, hey, everyone, I quit. I can't do it anymore with these fucking assholes. Uh, Yeah, I'm super proud of her. Yeah. And I want to, you know what? I want to look up her name, see if she's got a GoFundMe started, because, you know, it sucks that you have to constantly, as a waitress throughout this pandemic, have no one take your safety or your personhood seriously in the least. Yeah, yeah. I got to love. I just love this year. And this is actually going to lock in my uh, designation as a witch. But I just love that Christianity has become so weaponized that that they're just anything, any minor inconvenience is now somehow steeped in Christian, like, persecution, I guess. You know what? I have tried to get this across. I got roasted and I wasn't very bold, but I tried to put this across on Twitter a ways back where I'm like, Christian privilege is a real fucking thing in this country. It's a white person dominated Christian privilege. And I like to put it out there too. Like freedom to practice religion also means freedom to not give a fuck about religion or your religion and to keep it the fuck out of laws. Yeah. My, so freedom, my freedom of religion makes me want to punch them in the face, but I wouldn't <laughs> I wouldn't do it. But it makes I me mean, think you, about you it. You could claim that, though. I mean, because of all the off the wall fucking claims that are being made, this poor fucking server yelling across the restaurant like I'm not discriminating against exactly. you. Exactly. Like, Fuck these guys. Like, first of all, like, first of I all, just yeah. really think it's too much. Like, stay home. Like, if you believe in God, if you're fighting for religion, whatever you believe in, like. 
this is not the way to prove points. I'm with sorry. It. You look like anything but a Christian when you walk in to purposely harass a Denny's waitress, this fucking duo of 50 year old virgins wearing their born again church T-shirts and being like, hey, watch your mouth, young lady. Don't believe everything you read in the media, young lady. It's like you there's nothing Christian about that. You're a conspiracy nut. I mean, and God bless. There are good conspiracy nuts, but you ain't one of them. Man, also, I really I, I think the conspiracy stuff just jumped the shark this year. It used to be really fun. Like the Alex Joneses of the world used to be very fun until they became part of the news cycle right. every day. And now everything is just so warped. When It's very warped. Yeah, I don't understand even I don't know if they even understand what they're yelling or fighting about anymore. I, I don't know. I feel like we're all going to come out of this year just completely like we just ended an acid trip and we're all just going like what just happened? Right. Uh, I'll be like, hey, did we did we fuck each other? Like, yeah. Wait, d- oh yeah. no. <laughs> wait, c- can I pose though for the for the religious freedom, uh, you know, protections that we all storm into a Denny's as witches and go, we have witches rights, witches rights, not to wear a mask. Uh, yeah. No, I wanna I wanna storm in. F- being like, we have the right to wear five masks on our face as witches. That's what I'm saying. Witches need masks uh, to cast spells. And now you're cursed forever, is what I would say. Well, I'm just saying, um, if we did that, <laughs> but then I would magically make a large stack of cash appear for the, you know, the the, ser- yeah. the server that we persecuted. Absolutely. But anyways. <laughs> All right. Well, let's jump into our next headline. Um the- <laughs> This is so gross. This fucking headline out of CNN. Uh, so Wisconsin Department of Health warns against eating the cannibal sandwich, which is a traditional holiday dish in the state. Essentially, mm. it's a DIY steak tartare sandwich. Mm. Mm, yum, yum holiday treats. Look, and this is really like if, if you're a dumb dumb in the past and you ate this sandwich and you got sick, this is an extra stupid year to make yourself so sick that you have to go to a hospital uh, because shit's busy over there. If you didn't know. Uh- <laughs> yeah, sorry. Sorry, friend. There will be no ICU bed ready for your dumb salmonella poisoned ass. You know? Oh, but then that is again right into the Christmas uh, mythology. No room for you at the hospital. Oh, it's true. <laughs> I do. I do oh like to call it the mythology as well. Um, I'm yeah, sorry. I, I didn't mean to immediately come in here and just insult everybody who's no, religious no, 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 on your no, no, show. No. You use as many like metaphorical, like analogy, whatever, whatever comes into your brain. Say it. We all need some enlightenment and some fucking mind blowing is all I'm saying. Um, but. You know, there are onions on this sandwich, which are proven to be anti-bacterial, uh, antimicrobial. So maybe that's going to kill the E. coli in your gut. Maybe that's the reasoning behind it. And this isn't necessarily like a straight service industry story. This is like just so fucking absurd that we had to share it. We had to because also like, but I immediately related it to my old restaurant job when I worked, you know, with Middle Eastern food. A tradition is eating very fresh raw baby lamb. It's ground baby lamb is called kibinai and you take pita bread and but it's it's cured with lemon juice onion and jalapeno so it is really red and raw and fresh and it's really delicious but it's not like this fucking four day old pound of ground chuck from the shop and save that you're right. eating raw like a maniac right I love a tartare mm-hmm. that is nice sourced yummy delightful local things but at the same time and not again Meatpacking plants are understaffed because people are sick right now. So everybody in Wisconsin, please, if this is something you do, just take a back seat this year. Maybe you could create yourself a cake that looks like a meat sandwich. And eat that instead. <laughs> oh, and even in the best of times, like mass meat production is like one of the most dangerous places there is. Like that's Absolutely. I totally get what you're saying. Like if you're going to do this know where exactly where the meat came from because you don't want to get it off of a factory line probably another reason why we should maybe think about having smaller sourced animal products than we have in the country 
Yes, absolutely. Oh God, oh, yeah, Wisconsin <laughs> listeners, get at us if you know, like if you had grandparents who used to do this, you know, Oof. if you do it, we want to know why. Um, you have a lot of other great things coming out of your state. We 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 stand for your beers and we stand for your cheese curds. But uh, everyone, lay off the raw meat sandwiches this year. <laughs> well, you guys, I think it's time for some server submitter stories. <laughs> All right, guys. First server submitted story. Here we go. Here's one that had to do with serving during this pandemic. My uniform is a button-up long sleeve shirt, jeans, and a denim apron that goes down to your ankles. It's like I'm a cross between a cowboy and a pizza maker. (laughs) So hot. Um, We had to wear gloves and a mask all summer. I'd run back and pour cornstarch all over my whole body, especially my hands, to control the sweating. Holy shit. (laughs) Custies on the patio would be like, wow, beautiful day today. Meanwhile, I'm wearing 80 pounds of denim <laughs> and the only skin showing is my sweaty ass forehead laughing my fucking ass off. Oh, my God. It was horrendous. And I almost passed out several times from heat exhaustion. The things we do for money is insane. But the COVID sympathy tips were real and it was so worth it. Uh, mm. I'd be smirking under my mask thinking like, oh, yeah, great weather. Do you need water? Because I fucking do. <laughs> I just want to clarify that it was so much cornstarch. It was like there was a rue simmering in my pants. Wow. That's from Kaylee, you guys. My goodness. I feel hungry for some fried green tomatoes, don't you? I mean, it's true because we all know what happens when you add cornstarch to liquid, right? It thickens the liquid. Yeah. I never considered putting cornstarch on my body when I was sweaty. No, no. It's a, this, it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, you know, you can do it instead of like a baby powder to put like yeah, leather pants sense. on, right? I guess mm-hmm. so. Yeah. Are you getting your your latex on? Got to get some yeah. cornstarch. Oh, yeah. yeah. Don't worry. We'll be talking about hot topics soon enough, Natalie. Um, <laughs> oh yeah. Speaking of latex, I mean, it reminds me of like the Friends episode. You know when Ross like has the leather pants and he like can't get them on and he gets them everywhere. If you guys don't know, it's a. A lot of our listeners will know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, but this is like, I feel like this is so above and beyond in normal hot patio weather times as a server. You know, you'd either do the gold bond between the thighs or a little baby powder to avoid the chub rub because that would get raw and nasty after the summertime. But cornstarch, huh? That is Man. all right. It sounds like it really exfoliates. And after you go home and shower, you reveal glowing skin. Maybe or you true. have or you have uh, dinner, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Or you make bread. You just yeah. make some bread. Yeah. You thicken a sauce. <laughs> I just think your poor shower has got to be a hot mess. A hot. Yeah. Hot mess. But hey, great, great <laughs> life hack, girl. Uh, great life hack. Glad you're getting those tips. Like I know. That's nice to hear. I, I worry that people are getting under tipped right now. They are. They are. It, this yeah. is a nice it story. Is, it is. <laughs> yeah. It, it, tipping is running the fucking gamut right now. It is up. It is down. It is in. It is it out. It's it's everywhere. Yeah. It's crazy. Oh, my God. It's everywhere. So this is a, a story from Denmark. Very exciting. Uh, I used to work at a semi-fancy restaurant. I don't know why they hired me. I was really bad at my job. Hey, I've been there many times. Uh, Well, it wasn't as fun as working as a bartender, and I didn't really get that much interaction with the customers, so I usually just kept a professional attitude and did my work and nothing more. I did break one time, though. As you might know... The whole world is talking about the U.S. Oh, no. And here we're very confused about your tradition of suing other people. (laughs) So I passed the table where they were talking about the McDonald's hot coffee lawsuit. Oh, that's a classic. Right. Basically saying that they thought the woman was ridiculous and Americans are all just looking for an excuse to sue others. Sure. I mean, I stopped dead in my tracks in front of the table and proceeded to tell them all the details of the lawsuit and how horribly the woman was burnt. Needless to say, they stayed quiet about the subject after that. We all say you're crazy, but this time it was unfair. (laughs) (laughs) That was from Trina. 
Yeah, Trina. Um, And for anyone, I mean, I love to that like so the Trina we know is like a true crime podcast listener. She's an LPN fan came to us, I think, through last podcast network. So anyone who listens to any of this stuff is fully indoctrinated on the McDonald's coffee spill lady. And oh, my God, the photos whole I mean, yeah. this is like this is like the Citizen Kane of like restaurant lawsuits too. Like everybody knows what it is. Everybody's like super familiar, and I love that she was like actually. Mm. Well, and that was a great you know callback. I mean, that lady's crotch and inner thighs looked like beef tartare. It yeah. Oh got, god. Oh no! Can, it was cannibal a cannibal sandwich. sandwich down there. That is literally a cannibal sandwich. Um, <laughs> Man, and that is like that is probably why it's the lawsuit thing exists. Like that's the good version of it. It's the reason that right. you can sue. But yes, we as Americans do love to sue people. That is accurate. It is our true, <sighs> our true calling. It's what we do. I've never had that. I'm waiting for my opportunity. You don't want to blow it. You know, you don't you don't want to be like the the boy who cried. I'm going to sue you too much. You know, I just right, like somebody. I can't who... wait until I get sued for the first time. That's going to be. Oh, yeah. You, you know, you're doing something right. You know, when I, fucking sue me. Fucking sue me. I dare you. <laughs> 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 Uh, I don't know if you want to egg people on like that, but yeah, I was like, I'm sure someone could find a reason. I should be careful. I do I'm, have assets. Yeah, right. I'm thoroughly. I'm shocked that our home and our business has not been sued yet for some horrible. <laughs> I mean, there was a serial killer who tried to sue um, last podcast, honestly, oh, wow. from, from jail. <laughs> Whoa, but, uh, yeah. that is some cool insider info. Yep. God, that's scary. I yeah, I've never really you know just because I'm sure it's got to be like a darker part of the job that you are talking about um that all the dark corners of life and there's no way these people haven't heard about it and popped out of the woodwork you know it's kind of fun honestly because he's in prison it would have been a lot more scary <sighs> if he was just walking around but plus oh. i like imagine he's he's like in the prison library like doing his homework like figuring out how he does this yeah. you know like yeah. he's his own lawyer yeah <laughs> oh my it's god nice it's nice to give, give him something to do in, in jail do not mess with me okay so guys buckle up this is a really good one it's going to take a little bit longer to read but i just have to say god damn it i love it when this podcast comes full circle again this is some vintage episode four reference episode four episode four (laughs) when brian talked about waiting on a certain somebody so if you want to go back and listen to that here we are again we've got another server submitted story about said just person. to give reference i think that this week's episode's 103 or 104 so just oh, so you know i think it's one reel it on back okay all right so here we go uh back in 2007 i was the head bartender at a cool australian owned restaurant in the west village called kingswood ring a bell natalie at all I didn't go. No. I, I don't. Okay. So, and if that's 2007, I'd only barely been there for a year and I had no money. So, yeah. I yeah, I think go. I wouldn't have been able to go to a fancy place in 2007. Definitely Especially not. Especially anything Australian is like too fancy for me, first <laughs> yeah, of all. I'm just yeah. going to say it. Okay. So, to this day, while I'm still slinging drinks, mouthing, what the fuck do you want now underneath my mask to almost every customer I see, it is still my most favorite bartending job ever. It was New American Cuisine. The three owners of it couldn't collectively have been 10 minutes older than me. And I was at the time 27. And I knew three things I could depend on every shift. Number one, I was going to make a ton of money. Number two, I was going to have a blast. Number three, and the only way I wasn't getting laid off was if I chose not to be. Wow. Right? Okay. I'm not bragging, but merely painting a picture of what it was like in the times. Lots of famous people came and lots of other people just wanted to see the garden where Cynthia and Steve got married across the street (laughs) from Sex in the City. (laughs) It was a great location, the new It spot, and I loved it. Well, one night when I was the closer and had about 90 minutes until close, a strikingly beautiful, tall brunette was outside the big front windows and just pacing about. 
It was clear that she was waiting on someone or something. And after a while, that something showed up. Now, I live in Florida, and when there's a hurricane coming, we get updates, safety measures are taken, people run to Publix and buy all the water like it's toilet paper during a pandemic. At the very least, there's a warning. (laughs) There was no warning. This is so good, right? There was no warning for me that night. No precautions I could have made. There was nothing that could have prepared or saved me from whom emerged from that cab and the appetite for doers that came with it. I'm talking about Donald's son. No, not that Donald. This was a restaurant, not a dope house. Get your head out of the gutter. (laughs) I am talking about Josiah Doc Skurlock, only the not-so-young gun version. I'm talking about David, the original lost boy himself. I'm talking about (laughs) Kiefer motherfucking Sutherland. The two of them came in and got a table towards the back and dined while I shut down the bar and did my closing work and were fairly chill to my recollection. But when it was time to actually close, that's when things took a turn for the tragic. This is sounding like everything Brian said in episode four. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. By that point, I was the only one left on the staff there as I had taken over the table so the closing server could get out and had struck up some small talk here and there, but by no means was I intending to stay any longer than closing. Well, Jack Bauer thought differently. And all he saw was a fully stocked bar, a mildly starstruck bartender, and an opportunity to make this evening. It would be disingenuous to say that I didn't think it was cool or that he wasn't cool because it was and he actually was. I'm an actor. And so to be able to sit down with someone who is successful as he had been, whose career is an actor and unfortunately not as a drinker, I had followed with proper observation (laughs) and in an intimate setting where I was in control of his medicine was, in fact, interesting to me. Old Jack Bauer could smell it a mile away. Saved the world in 24 hours before. Surely I can wrangle blended scotch from this guy. He must have thought. (laughs) He asked me to sit down with them. One drink turned into two. Cigarettes were beginning to be chain smoked. We were deep in conversation about how he had to rough it when he was coming up, which I didn't know what that meant. So Mm -hmm. like your Oscar winning father made you sleep in one of the cars on the estate. I wasn't sure where he was going with that, but he was kind and I found him to be interesting, if nothing else. And before I knew it, we just had bottles out on the table, just (laughs) just fucking going for it until the sun came up. At least two bottles of scotch and two bottles of red wine. I I know that is I barely made it out of there alive. But I remembered two things for sure before I finally locked up and we all went our separate ways. Number one, I cleaned. Okay. I cleaned. Pro. mm -hmm. And number two, and I told him at some point in the night that I thought after our time together that he actually was a good actor. I explained to him that he plays such a convincing asshole most times. And to find out that you're this guitar playing bohemian from news slash the wrong side of the track, so you say, was surprising. And I thought, well done. It was honest and it was drunk, but I meant it in the best way. He simply said, thanks. And we laughed for a bit. As I mentioned, I know I cleaned, took care of all the bottles, the glasses we used, etc. I got it all, except I didn't throw away into the outside trash on the corner of 6th Avenue the copious amount of cigarette butts. And when my manager came in the next morning, I was off nursing a kefir-sized hangover, and he found them in the bin behind the bar. He wondered what the hell had gone on. Well, those Aussies really had a comprehensive and state-of-the-art security camera set up there. And from what I heard, it was quite the show we put on that they captured. (laughs) I never got to see the videos myself. If I had, I would have asked to keep them for my reel because I'm damn sure I wasn't going to be keeping my job. They fired me the next shift I came in before I could even take my jacket off. Walked home to Gramercy Park thinking about how stupid I was for behaving like I owned the place and vowed if I ever saw another Sutherland again, whether it be the man himself, his offspring, his gardener or anyone affiliated that I would curse them. But he taught me a valuable lesson without saying a word. Don't drink at work with fucking Kiefer Sutherland. <laughs> Stay safe and fuck having to do side work. LOL. John Paul. P.S. Whenever a customer asks me for water, I jot it down as FML. <laughs> uh, Kiefer, stories are epic, man. Like, There's again, so- if. Yeah. So, yeah. Natalie, it. Brian's run in here in Los Angeles where he was the bartender and and bar manager 
made him do the same thing, shut the place down and then basically made the staff drink with him until the sun came up. He was dancing on tables. He was asking to put people's nipple rings in his mouth. Um, Ooh, uh, he, 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 he bit my he bit my husband's neck like a vampire. OK, uh, <laughs> he offered to give a very attractive coworker of Brian's uh, a, a ring she complimented on that turns out Kiefer's daughter gave to him. And oh, <laughs> like it so. was just a real, you know, have you guys all seen the footage of like uh, when Kiefer Sutherland, like he managed to band and there's a straight shot of him. We should that where he just like jumps full onto a Christmas tree. Like <laughs> I he, know I... he's a party animal. I'm not sure what he is doing these days but the stories are out there so if you guys have them shit let's get a whole fucking novella full of shorts kefir shorts it's it's now become like we're in new york everyone's sort of white whale was like i want to have a bill murray you know interaction or sighting and i got to have that now i need a kefir i need a kefir sighting so he's never being he's just having a fun time he's not yes like- not being like a leering creep or anything. No, he's a gentleman. Oh, as okay, Brian, cool. Brian says, he's like a drunk gentleman. Oh, he just nice. he pays, he tips, he just wants to hang out late and party. He just wants to chat and have fun. Honestly, he doesn't want to go home. I don't think that he that he should have been fired for that because what are you supposed to do? I don't. I look. I know we give celebrities like priority treatment with everything, but this seems like relatively a harmless thing, and I feel like he shouldn't have been fired for. Like catering to Kiefer Sutherland. Also, the the fucking bar ring that night. Come on, like w- they're going through major top shelf bottles, probably like killer bottles of wine. He's paying for it, right? I, I think it's important to note that he is a kind tipper, and he may also tip you in the form of trying to give you a horse, which is also <laughs> what he did to Brian. He tr- yeah. he tried to give Andrea's husband a horse. Uh, where was the horse? Did he have it? It was in a stable. Canada, maybe. It was in a stable in Los Angeles. And he was like, no, man, you love horses. I I want you to have this horse. And he gave him all the info, gave him his personal phone number, all this shit. Brian didn't cash in on the horse, which I feel like he must just still kick himself every day. Brian might still have his phone number. He might have saved it. Should we call Kiefer? No, but we could maybe we could we'll crank them. We'll crank them from a phone booth. <laughs> I hope that horse was also not his daughter's. He's just out on the town I giving know, his daughter's right. belongings. Dad, away. quit giving all my stuff away. Dad. <laughs> so this, um, this is the fourth horse this month you've given away of mine, Dad. <laughs> oh, Kiefer. Uh, Great story. Nice story. You know, epic, but really well written. That was so fun. And sorry, we love Kiefer. We are we are pro Kiefer on this uh podcast. Because you know who he treats the best? Are the staff. He's like, it's come on, you, you're you're my entourage. Like, fuck, you know, rubberneckers and weird people obsessed with celebrities. You guys are the people who give me the drinks, so you're my the type of people. Of the earth people. That's right. Yeah, that's cool. Well, you guys, uh, if you have any Kiefer or non Kiefer Sutherland related stories, uh, please shoot them our way over at sideworkpod at gmail.com. You can DM us. Still looking for those really fun holiday stories. If you guys have any fun, epic tales about that uh, or just whatever you have to say, send it our way. All right, guys, back into our topic of the day. It's part two of exploring the world of retail. And this time, Natalie Jean's going to be our Sherpa walking <laughs> us through um, <laughs> what it's like, you know, because Andrea has related that she was always a little scared off by retail. I I never did clothing and it's probably good that I didn't. I worked in a lot of um, record stores, which left me completely penniless, but I had the sickest music collection. Well, I mean, retails pretty much clothing retails, the the exact same. That's what happened at Hot Topic. It's all fucking (laughs) pyramid scheme, really. (laughs) It really is. Um, And I mean, first of all, we just have to shout out. You were a Hot Topic employee. That is so legit that I'm sorry. (laughs) It is so great. (laughs) I miss a Hot Topic, but I think they're still in malls around L.A. for sure. Oh, they are. They are for sure. I still actually have a friend who's like a manager at a Hot Topic. Oh, Um, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Like a high end manager of multiple stores. 
I kind like of a big that. deal. Right. And I just picture them just constantly wearing, like we said, latex pants, like a cramps t-shirt, um, you know, pretty cool dog choker, the whole look. It never goes out of style and hot topic. No. And they um, they really they really lean in nowadays. They really lean into fandoms. So there's like whole swatches of Riverdale hot topic exclusives and that kind of that kind yeah, of it's stuff. a lot of like uh, Disney characters dressed like emo or right, something, right? Right, right? It's a lot of stuff like that. For sure. Which is fine and dandy, but I like, you know, how, how old were you when you worked or what year was it when you worked at Hot Topic? I was in college, so I would have been about 21. Okay. Maybe. I, w- I had started doing retail, though, at 16. I worked at Burger King. I don't, that my first job was Burger King, oh, which is oh, my closest. Yeah. That's an, I don't consider that food service. Um, it, it is. It is. <laughs> yeah. You're in the family. It really is barely food. But, um, <laughs> that ah. one of my, I had multiple jobs as a teen, but my second or third job was Burlington Coat Factory. Yes. Oh, shit. Oh, <laughs> miss a Burl's, a Burl's Talk eyes. about fucking chaos that place is a mess yeah but i only had to work in the front part oh thank okay. god yeah uh, a, a burlington coat factory makes a ross dress for less look like a macy's you know what i'm saying <laughs> if you know you know uh yeah that was that was interesting because in, in that time period i was in full like crust punk mode and I lived in a predominantly like working class white suburb that hated any sort of it, it's it was a place that frowned upon any sort of um appearance shift in anyone so oh, as okay. me as somebody with a shaved head and like yeah. wear, wearing that kind of out clothes it was shocking in that I got a job at Burlington <laughs> Coat Factory and my best friend also worked there and she also had a Chelsea cut and then a third girl was hired who we didn't know who was also like a like punk kind of skinhead girl and I don't know why we were given these jobs except the only clue i ever got was one of the main managers who hired us she had a harley david harley davidson like keychain on her keys and i think that maybe she was somehow secretly like a biker lady okay right 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 Uh, you know like identity off the record you know what i'm yeah, saying off right. hours and so i mean super cool of her but i don't think the customers loved that we were always up there in the front <laughs> i fucking love this so much you're just like punk girls take over burlington coat factory fucking deal with it yeah like, yeah uh. and we were fine employees i wasn't a sh- piece of shit uh but i i definitely wasn't like you know, going to be making employee of the month at any point. Right. Um, but yeah, that Burlington was, was, uh, that was a, it was interesting to, uh, have the customers that I did there. Uh, I worked there for um, like a year and a half, which in teen years is a long time. That's a long time. Yeah. And, uh, I do, I would, in the holiday season, I do remember one of the weirdest things that happened to me. And I, I, I want to believe that this woman was a secret shopper because mm-hmm. I can't I can't believe that somebody would just behave in this way <laughs> who wasn't trying to test the employees. You know what I mean by secret shopper? Like they yeah. bring in. Yeah. So yeah, we have them. They, they are in corporate restaurant world, too. I'm sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's when somebody comes in to try to sort of test the boundaries of the employees to make sure they're like behaving properly by being a fucking piece of shit. Um, (laughs) So this woman was like in line and she came up and she had a couple items and there was this candle that didn't have a price tag on it. And she was like, how much is this candle? And I was like, oh, I don't know. I have to find somebody from this department, you know, do the basic you have to call in. And she starts getting really irritated really quickly. She's this like, I don't know, 40 something woman with a guy. And uh, she's like, why don't you know this? There should be protocols for you to be able to find this faster. And this was a busy holiday time. Like, oh, there was a line of people. I get you don't want to wait in the line, whatever. But she started to get more and more irritated. And it was taking a minute because it was busy. And she was going, just tell me, what do you think the candle is? How much does it cost? And I was, I was like seven, 17 years old going, I, I don't know. I don't know what to say to you. I had no response to her. And finally, she 
she this is a fucking candle it's a candle and she goes like very loudly kind of like so loud enough to make everybody turn she went well you just lost your sale and she stormed out and i even <laughs> at that age commission yeah even at that age i was like are you are you like are you brain damaged like why would i care about losing the sale on this fucking candle and if i obviously a i don't work on commission and b right. if i did what would my commission be like a dollar <laughs> right of, and you know and this was this was at a time before candles were allowed to cost 24 dollars um <laughs> i just ima- i can't i try to picture myself coming up to a 16 year old at a uh, cash register and go you just lost your sale <laughs> that was what was happening this shit happens in target yesterday reindeer uh, antler lady was like you child who clearly looks like they're probably not going to get a higher education go inside and find me the best stuffed goose target has to offer <laughs> like that's what's happening i was Scrooges. so kind to of that target employee by the way i said wow this is a zoo this must be so hard i really appreciate what you're doing he's like it's been nuts. And I was like, thank you. And I said it really loudly in front of Antler Bitch. I do that shit too. I love doing that, being like, you're the best. So this is really similar. You know, you if if you think about like the worst customers you've had, like waiting tables, put them in a retail situation. And Natalie just fucking nailed it on the head. She I don't think that the- woman was a secret shopper. I think she was a secret <laughs> No, I have bitch. to believe it. I have to. <laughs> yeah, I have to believe it. But like, who's going like, there should be protocol. And, you know, that's a little, that might have been her tell. But also that is the thing that must be so mind-blowingly just difficult in retail is like I have no control over what customers are doing fondling you know that candle peeling stickers off maybe because they wanted to commit some little price swapping fraud like you have no clue like it is the wild west in a home goods are you fucking kidding me like let me go find this there are no aisles that make any sense other than like I see Pillow Island over there and like the dress pile over here and then this like end cap that has hand weights, garden supplies and fucking expired dog treats. Like yep. there's no order in a Burlington or a Home Goods or a TJ no, Maxx. There's Burlington not. Really knows the layout by the way. I'm oh, I so do impressed. Know. Oh yeah, no, it's totally it's totally that in in it has a level of chaos like that even though I was saying it's a structured job, my part was pretty structured. If you worked in the back, that was a whole nother can of worms. Like that is definitely a level of chaos. And the same with Hot Topic, even though it was in a smaller, it was, you know, it was crammed into a much smaller space. Burlington right, is huge. Right. But um, yeah. And also one of the things about Burlington that was always really fun to deal with as a cashier was they had a no, uh, cash back return policy so if you brought something back it was only store credit and it was very largely placed on the wall as you were checking out however a little manipulative also not that common of a practice for a store to have so people were not excited about it and you had to take the brunt of that most of the time again 17 year old just going staring at somebody as they just berate, berate you and just like nod because there's nothing else you can do to say anything like what do you what is a 17 well, year old cashier supposed to do right about you're that? you're you're not a therapist which a lot of people you know expect us to understand and identify that the person screaming at you is a shopping addict and made an oopsies and needs to get that $300 back for rent. Hello, my name is Brooke Van Poplin. Um, (laughs) You know, and so you have to learn the hard way. You can't go wild at the places that don't give you your money back because I used to um, binge shop and I had a shopping addiction problem because it made me feel like an adult. Anyways, let's, um, you know, (laughs) we can unpack that, but I would, the, the, the high would happen, then I'd get home and then the shame would send me back to return everything. And I was like, I need the money. I don't know why I think three. I have $300 for throw pillows. I don't. <laughs> yeah, no, totally. And I, I, I kind of understand where they were coming from. Because if I needed to return something and I couldn't get the cash back, I'd be furious too. But there's no one to scream at. You just have to <laughs> scream into the abyss because you can't yell at the cashier. The cashier has right. no control over the situation. No. 
No. You're an employee and you don't get paid enough, which these are some stats before we go a little more into a hot topic. But like, OK, as of 2018, wow, this is this is not great. The median earnings for full time year round cashiers in general in retail is about twenty two thousand dollars um, compared to uh, thirty five grand, roughly, if you're more of like on the sales floor and maybe commission based and maybe it'll go up to about 42 grand for uh first line supervisors of the retail salesperson. So we're not talking about much money hourly happening here. No. I know that <laughs> when I started working it was 1997 98 mm-hmm. minimum wage in Pennsylvania was 5.15 an hour. I know that it's only gone up maybe like 2 or 3 dollars since then. Mm-hmm. Which is mm-hmm mind blowing it's, i can't yeah. i cannot understand right that. <sighs> i'm seeing right now that hot topic is 30 years old 31 years old how long that store has been around oh. it opened in 1989 and the first one was opened in montclair plaza in montclair california and basically, if anyone's not familiar with a hot topic, even though you should go check one out, <laughs> their whole their whole brand is basically specializing in counterculture related clothing and accessories, as well as licensed music. So like they're like you were saying, their big thing is licensing T-shirts for fandom, but it used to be like your punk bands, your vintage, you know, go get your Rolling Stones vintage T-shirt or something like that. And um yeah, it's it's really, really popular with teens and young adults. Lots of spikes, lots of uh, body jewelry that's really probably not good to put in your body because it's really cheap. Yep. Yeah. Uh, hair dye. Yeah, you could get your manic panic I yeah, love- at Hot Topic. Yep. Mm-hmm. I always did vampire blood. That was my manic panic color. Oh, I was flaming. Day. I was flaming. That was me. Nice. Uh, I, I got to say, you know, for living in Omaha, Nebraska, like we have like a downtown area that you could get like your manic panic at cool vintage stores and stuff like that. But when the hot topic opened up, which was probably like 95 ish, you know, it was cool for the suburbs to have this place. Right. And that's really where I think hot topic exists the most is in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. Um, to be able to dress like the misfit that you feel like you are on the inside, you know, for sure. It's, it, it's a cool, cool thing. Um, and then, so how old were you when you started working there, Natalie? I think I was 21, I, which is old in Hot Topic years. Sure. But um, <laughs> I was in college. It was one of my friends, a different friend. I have a friend who currently still works with Hot Topic, but a different one of my friends was a manager at that particular Hot Topic, which I should say is... Uh, my hot topic was at Monroeville Mall, which is the mall that is used in the original Dawn of the Dead. Oh, cool. I know exactly what you're talking about now. Yeah. <laughs> so that was pretty badass um, to have that. And then uh, whenever I mean, it, the mall's entirely changed from the movie, of course. But there is when you go back into like the freight ele- elevator area, there are spots they take. You can go back and there's like little blood stains on stuff that's still that's still there from the movie. Or at least there was in the early 2000s. Very cool. I know. Um, also, my hot topic. I don't mean to brag, but <laughs> my hot topic was also seen in the background of the movie. Zach and Mary make porno. Hey, oh, boy. Kevin wow. Smith trivia. Yep. <laughs> So now uh, did you do so it sounded like at Hot Topic you stayed front of house? Yeah, I I was any retail-ish kind of job. I also worked at a tattoo shop as it, I was always a front person. I always kind of yeah. like Well, but also that's that is your brand. I mean, you were that girl and then you got to be like, "Hi, just give me my, you know, my key card and my code." Like you probably walked in like I'm here I know you've been waiting for me to work on your floor I look the part <laughs> I mean my favorite thing is is you probably had the regular kids that would come in and see you and they'd be like oh my god it's her she's she's working dude she's she's she freaks me out I'm so intimidated by her like that for sure had to be happening well I, I, my my vibe was definitely more aligned with hot topic than the mysterious reason I worked at Burlington Co factory <laughs> um so yeah I was definitely tailor-made 
to be the front of house for Hot Topic. That's for sure. That's so amazing. So now, like, obviously, Hot Topic is its own thing, and it's going to be very different from the way a Banana Republic salesperson is you know, trained to behave, but was there, um, was there company culture and language that Hot Topic put on you guys? Uh, yeah, kind of. They, they were pretty lax, but they also were lax in like the corporate way where they would go like, what's up, dudes? Let's really kick it at the store, but don't break any rules. <laughs> but have fun and like be wild, but don't be too wild. That sounds like a hit, like a hippie-ish, like Christian youth group leader. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, hey guys, come on in here, but like, don't forget Jesus is watching you. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they did sort of like what was cool about Hot Topic, and I mean, they still are that way. A lot of retail, especially in the early two thousands, would be like, you must be ashamed of your body's uh, tattoos, or you you have to right. hide who you are. Don't be yourself you are an automaton you are in a factory line of right salespeople. hot topic was like no like you lean into um show your tattoos should be dress weird do you your have hair your can be gauges, like, right yeah right because it i mean that was their clientele and they were selling those things and they also the reason i was saying i was broke which you were just talking about i think i probably made like 575 you know i was like mm -hmm. a tiny tiny bit over minimum wage and it was one of like four jobs i was working at the time i also worked at a movie theater and a tattoo shop at that time and i also was working at the dance studio where i uh grew up so um i was making next to nothing and they would give employees like a 40 some obscene amount of a discount on their clothes so essentially that paycheck would just go into hot topic clothes like mm -hmm. i would just purchase it was essentially just breaking going to zero i was working right. for no money i mean that's like tower records with brooke i'm sure yeah. it's just like you just buy yourself music until for sure. i until i started stealing but anyways <laughs> um. at hot topic you probably could have stolen i never did but i the, the turnover rate for stuff there was truly astounding Wow. I, you know, I would call it fast fashion in a way that's probably it's probably a little toxic the way that it goes, but mm -hmm. it's really, really, really cheap. And it was well, just zeitgeist. Everything is of the moment right then. Yeah. If you something went out on the floor, it would be on the sale rack in a, two weeks, maybe. Wow. You, know, you just wait. Hot tip. <laughs> no, for real. Like, go go back very shortly afterwards. And they're trying to get rid of it as desperately as possible. I mean, it must have been really fun too to be like, to have like the 13 year old like boy or girl with their mom who the mom's like, okay, well, let me see you in the spiky collar now. <laughs> like, it was just, it was very cute. It was definitely mostly tweens with parents. And you could see a lot of the parents were just like, I'm trying to understand you, boy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> And the boy's like, you'll never understand me, but could you please buy me this studded collar? Thank you. <laughs> oh, my God. I have to ask, what type of salesperson were you? Like, what was your style? Natalie, on the floor, 21 years old. Uh, I personally can't stand when um, when retail people, like, shadow you and kind of follow you around and ask you questions. So I didn't do that ever. Um, possibly that's just selfish because I didn't want to talk to them, but also in Hot Topic, it was okay to do that. Again, they kind of let you lean in, in a little bit to your personality, but oh, I definitely, like, like, so fear-based, um, you know, customer service where they're like a little afraid to approach you. Yeah. 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 You know, the way that you really ing ingratiate your customers is be like, I'm going to be a little bit, um, passive aggressive to you. Uh, no, I, I did that probably, but they didn't tell me to do that. I think I uh, just kind of inserted that in there. Yeah, on my, you coined it. Like yeah. your attitude was your flair. Like, you know? Like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, I tried to uh, always keep an eye on people and see. I tried to I like to try to gauge if they actually needed help because I never like when I don't want to be talk to or asked questions to when I'm like in my zone if I'm in a store so sometimes I think I leaned more into my own personality and maybe some people like 
prefer to have somebody up their ass in a store. Right, right. But ooh, oh, that's so funny because that that brings us to the point, and I think you'll definitely recognize this. There are categories of shoppers that are well known and understood throughout retail, and they're categorized as informed shoppers, showroom shoppers, the wanderer, customer on a mission, bargain hunters, confused shoppers. Chatty patties and regulars. Wow. See, that would have been helpful to have back then. Right? I was not versed in that whatsoever. Absolutely. Like an informed shopper doesn't need your help. They're like, I'm fine. I'm just looking. You know, that's That's my mom. (laughs) She knows. She's like, don't try and sell me anything person who sells people things in this store. See, I'm the same. Even though I worked in retail, that's how I feel too. Or just like, back off. So I did that with people more, but probably there were many categories there who would have preferred me to be like in their face a little bit. But right, right. Because you could have helped that confused shopper who's like, where am I? Yeah, I I was a regular because I was a teen and I'm sure we all did the thing where you went to the mall and you just like you hit store by store. And I see the hot topic that I went to right now. And I'm having a a crazy olfactory memory because the hot topic was right next to a fucking Cinnabon. So the hot topic smelled like cinnamon rolls. Yeah. Like I am going back. We had we were right by an Auntie M's or whatever those pretzel places called. Oh, that's a very specific smell. Yeah, I still have a memory of that as well. Andrea, I work I work next to a Cinnabon too. Yeah, and on break I'd be like, "Does anyone want to split a Cinnabon with me?" And then I'm gonna get one of those mocha latte smoothies or whatever they would do, and then I would go into a coma and not be able to work at the record store like the back end of the day. Your insulin coma. I'm very much a wanderer. I love to just wander into places. It's really, I'm like, I don't know. Maybe there's something I want today. I have no objective. And I think I'm, people know it. They're just like, hi. Cause I just look so listless when I'm doing that. And I do always get that guilt where I'm like, I'm going to look at every little corner of the store, pretend like I'm interested, even though I don't want to be here. And then before I leave, I go, thank you. And they're like, yeah, thanks. I, it's such a weird interaction when you no, I always nice. say thank you, though. Nice. You got to yeah, say thank too. you, even if you don't, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks I for your too. time. Thanks and for whatever. Once I made a connection with a customer, I've actually really enjoyed like mm-hmm. helping them or or giving them in my opinion on something like I always really liked that part. I think the engagement was always the trickiest. And I think that is the trickiest with um, with retail and especially in a place where they the corporate side of it really wants to push you into the customer like yes. they, they don't they don't look at it in that way that you were just mentioning. There's these different kinds of customers who like things differently when they're just always like, you got to make, you got to make a sale. You got to do it. It can be a little bit. I don't know if it actually helps them make money. If right. They're trying to force that on every customer who comes in the door. Right. But I got to, I have to say, and you know, we're, we're, I want to ask you about the upside and the downside, which mm-hmm. we obviously you've covered the entire time, but like, to work at a hot topic when you're 21 and like to sell somebody a kid who like maybe their first fucking David Bowie t-shirt or maybe <laughs> that they and, and and then that is so precious to them and that they wear every day for a year and to like be like a part of the formative creative years of these kids is like making my heart fucking sing. Oh, yeah, it's adorable. And I think looking at it now, I, I would t- technically be I think I'd be much more appreciative of that. Now, if I was working at Hot Topic, although they would not hire me because I am <laughs> very too much old to work at Hot Topic. I, I sincerely hope I was never cu- too cuntish at that time. <laughs> I was very, uh, I was super miserable at that. It's interesting when you go back and look at how you, what you were going through emotionally, mentally, probably sure. affected how you treated people. And I don't uh, think I, I was yeah. bad then. I think 21 is a kind of a miserable time. It, you know what I sucked. mean? Yeah. I was in a yeah. horrible relationship. I was working three, four jobs. I was going to college and, uh, you know, I think now I would probably appreciate that job more. I don't think I was ever super contish to people, but now I would look at those kids and just be like, Oh my God, this is so cute that you're just like getting into this. And I think then I, I, I got that a little, but 
I, the, the separation from it probably would make me appreciate it more. Yeah, now. you'd be like, I'm now, now I'm the cool mom that works at Hot Topic. <laughs> I, uh, I worked at Brugger's Bagels, which was like the only really good like bagel sandwich. Oh, Brugger's is from. Brugger's is the shit. Yeah, they're it's, great. They're Pennsylvania. For oh, sure. yeah. So yeah. This they was, got that pepper jelly. This oh, was yeah. during the 1995 bagel craze. We all remember that, right? <laughs> oh, I was there. It was a big deal. And my uncle, who was a periodontist his his um practice was right across the street and he avoided coming in on days i was working because i was such a fucking grumpy bitch (laughs) (laughs) get out i think we've we've hit so many great upsides of of you working in retail natalie any like downsides do you need do you want to shit a little further on anything before we move on i mean i really feel like you hit so you've hit it all yeah it was Overall, it was not by far the worst work experiences I've had in retail. Like retail was not my hardest jobs. Sure. They were they were grueling in a way, but um, I feel like we were so like it's such like a cushy job compared to serving to being a server. Like I just I admire servers immensely because I just feel like I could never have done it. You know, but like working with the public and having to deal with people's attitudes and their own self-image that's that's eating people alive when they're shopping for clothes too let's be honest you know yeah for sure Uh, that i i fucking commend you and i think any job like this we always say whether it's serving or 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 being you know being uh an employee in retail is that this is formative and shapes you to the person you are today you know for sure and mad respect to any retail workers out there it's definitely not an easy job to have for sure. It's not. It's in the way you get punched down on too, just for the amount of money you make. It's like we're the right there with you. The pay is crap. And, oh my yeah. God. It's it sick, does. Man. I, it really disgusts me that minimum wage is still so low. It's, it's actually inhuman and mm-hmm. I'm really I'm disgusted with our country for a lot of reasons currently. Oh my god! But uh, it's really Absolutely. it's it's there's no excuse for why people are being paid what they are. Well, well respect, respect Woo! all around. Yes. <laughs> Natalie, thanks. This has been great. Again, you guys, if you have any stories about working retail and you're listening, like, and you have anything fun to share, what a great follow up that would be to uh, to share your stories as well. Oh, yeah. And, and Natalie, are you hosting any other podcasts outside of page seven with everybody on LPN? Uh, actually, it's I haven't it hasn't been announced yet, but I have a, a new show coming out right after the new year. Okay, so, okay. yeah, it's a it's about it's a it's a true crime version of well, it's it's about missing women essentially. Oh, that wow, yeah, is very very cool. That is, yeah, you heard it here excited. first. Yeah, uh, it's we've been working on it for like a year and a half, so I'm I'm really excited. Yeah, that's awesome. Really cool, amazing. So that's so not a, that's not a promotion because I haven't told you any information. It's just yep. yeah, it's okay. just, a, <laughs> just letting you know what we're doing over here. Yeah. Um. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll wrap it up, everybody. Be kind to your retail workers this holiday season, especially in a pandemic. Put your goddamn mask on. Keep everyone safe. And we'll be talking to you next week. And you know what we say at the end of every show? Hey, you guys. Godspeed and good tips and good stay health. Stay safe. And good commish. Yeah, make that commish. Yeah, that one dollar candle commission. And then watch the commish. Whoa. Binge it.